It's not a product, it's a technology. It's an education challenge. A regenerative suspension. There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Pantidra. Innovation in the financing space. The high-speed train is in all our interests. All political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. Solar window in a can. Beyond Zero. Global warming science, solutions and action. Taking it to a do-it-yourself level. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Beyond Zero Show. We're coming to you from the studios of 3CR Melbourne, syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast on the internet at 3cr.org.au. Both the BZE Community Show and this show are now also available on iTunes and Stitcher. So please subscribe and rate us to help others find the shows. My name is Natalie Bucknell and I recently had the privilege of attending the launch of Hepburn Shire's Zero Net Emissions Community Transition Plan. Hepburn Shire is located 100 kilometres northwest of Melbourne and came to prominence eight years ago with the launch of Australia's first community-owned wind turbines. The turbines completely offset the electricity consumption of the local town of Dalesford. Now they're again breaking new ground with the ZNet Hepburn Shire Plan. The plan includes a baseline emissions study and a program to transition to zero greenhouse gas emissions in 10 years. It's been 12 months in the making and involved an enormous cast of characters. The launch was a wonderful opportunity to meet some of the people involved in developing and implementing the plan. For a great introduction to the ZNet Hepburn Shire project, I started off speaking with Stan Crepan from Sustainability Victoria. SV is a state government agency that delivers projects around sustainability, climate change, energy efficiency, renewable energy and waste and recycling. And I began by asking Stan about SV's part in the Hepburn Shire plan. On behalf of the Victorian government, there was an $80,000 contribution to the zero net emissions transition plan for Hepburn Shire. We very much saw this as a pilot that enabled this community, so it's a shire of about 15,000 people, to plan for what is the critical decade, so the next 10 years, on how would this community this shire industry, everybody in it, bring their emissions down to zero. So that includes renewable energy, but it also includes important industries like agriculture, which are incredibly important in this region. Very tricky to deal with in terms of emissions, aren't they? Absolutely. So what we call fugitive emissions and those baseline emissions from critical industries where most people work or they've got business that's dependent on on that, you know, you have to plan for that. It's much more complex. Even though renewable energy is an important part of the transition, it's really just going gangbusters. But some of these other industries, we need to think about those as well. So you mentioned that your contribution was one of many. Who are some of the other collaborators in this project? So the Coalition for Community Energy was a key driver of it and also Renew was the key partner. Hepburn Shire was very supportive and they had a council resolution to support the project. But there's a whole range of grassroots community sustainability, climate change action groups. The local Hepburn Wind business is part of it and about 15 other partners that provided in-kind support or data that includes some of the distribution businesses in the energy sector but it also includes local businesses and two universities uni of melbourne and uni new south wales so that's an amazing logistical exercise drawing together all that expertise who's been in charge of that uh, so Coalition for Community Energy is sort of bringing all of that together and SV's had some staff providing kind support and Renew is a really p- big part of the backbone of the organisation. But for me, this project is a fantastic demonstration of leadership, of collaboration and a really strong focus on fairness and you know, how do we bring everybody along in that transition. 
And what are your hopes and ambitions for this project going forward? Well, a big part of this project is that all of the IP that's been developed, so it was developed in Urella in New South Wales, and Starfish was the organisation that did that work. They shared that IP with Hepburn. Hepburn's then built on that and built a whole range of data platforms and a more complex model, uh, and we're very keen for that now to be shared and open-sourced across Victoria and indeed beyond. So we'd love to see this project extend to transition plans in other shires, in cities. Our next uh, project is in with working with the city of Moreland in metropolitan Melbourne, but I'd love to see this aggregate up into regional Victoria and regional plans as well. It's incredibly important. As Stan mentioned, Renew have played a large role in the Znet Hepburn Shire Community Transition Plan. Renew is a national not-for-profit organisation that inspires, enables and advocates for people to live sustainably in their homes and communities. I asked CEO Donna Luckman about Renew's contribution to the plan. So we've been the lead partner looking at doing the ZNet plan for the whole Hepburn Shire. So we've had a long history of working with community energy groups across Australia and been active for the last six or seven years as a partner in the Coalition for Community Energy. And we also knew there was a real opportunity in how we can start developing zero net emission plans at a shire level. So we're inspired to the work that got done in Urella and New South Wales and we really wanted to bring a, a model down to Victoria. And Hepburn Shire was actually the perfect place to do it. They've got runs on the board already with Hepburn Wind. They've got five real active sustainability groups in the area as well. And for us, it's like, let's actually look at Hepburn and start as the first place we should start doing this in Victoria. Was Renew involved in any community engagement in developing the plan? Yeah, so we'll participate in a lot of the town hall meetings that happen and providing advice to the reference committee. And as part of the community engagement, all these different postcards got made and then these like large, we say postcards, but they're actually the size of a, a large poster and they'll put it up at five town halls around the shires. And it just gave a snapshot of some of the mitigations that people could actually do and then put people little stickers on the ones that they preferred. And so for us, we sort of gave the input on what those snapshots should actually look like so that was really exciting to actually see people really engaged so people just didn't spend five minutes going oh yeah look at all those fins on the wall they actually spent an hour and read them and like really engaged with it so I think for it for me that was one of the really exciting aspects of this program just how involved the community is and how they're going to drive it and they're going to make sure that their local councils hold to account as well and it was good to hear the mayor talking this morning saying how proud he was of the initiative and and actually encouraging the community to make sure they keep humbugging him to make sure that they deliver the plan. I think it's really good to show that the real power of community energy is community. And what we actually need to do is make sure that we empower communities so they've got some of that basic knowledge to do some of that baseline plans, build up the capacity within those communities and then actually get them to run for it as well. So um, for us, it's really exciting that how we can use this model for Hepburn to spread it out, especially to regional areas across Australia. Adam Blakester and his rural sustainability organisation, Starfish Initiatives, first conceived the ZNet model seven years ago and worked with the community of Urella in New South Wales on ways to improve energy efficiency and develop renewables. His generous Creative Commons sharing approach has seen the model expand and develop enormously. From what I gather, Adam, Starfish Initiatives is really at the heart of all this ZNet. Can you tell me about the background? Well, maybe uh, the seed. The seed of this idea popped up. Two things, I guess. Whether there's a strategic advantage of working on energy transitions and now emission transitions, working on that at a town scale. And the other was the fact that there are a thousand towns across rural 
and regional Australia. And so much of this work in energy and emission transition, sustainability more generally, is very urbanised and is led out of particularly the major metropolitan centres. And ZNet is a really useful way around this energy and emission transition of enabling regions to look at their space, their place, and have a way of assessing projects that are utility scale and commercial scale that the cities need the regions to do. But this tool gives the regions a way to nestle those projects into their landscape, into their community, into their economy, ideally in a way that they choose and they're supportive of So it's change with rather than change to. As the saying goes, people don't resist change, they resist being changed. And now it's the first time in the world that we have an open source planning transition model for zero net emissions. It's quite incredible. That really is incredible. So could you see it moving internationally as well? Well, I think that'd be great. From a starfish point of view, ZNet is a really useful piece of the puzzle for rural sustainability that we'd love to see groups use it all around the world. Their contexts and cultures and local environments will be different, but a lot of the technologies that we're talking about, uh, transport, energy generation, building designs, so many of these things are actually quite global, really. So there's no reason why it couldn't be. It'd be lovely. Dominic Murphy, the Sustainability Officer for Hepburn Shire, has also played a large part in the ZNet Hepburn Plan. Can you tell us a bit about Hepburn Shire? It's quite often assumed that, that Hepburn is just Dalesford and Hepburn Springs because uh, that's probably w- one of the places that it's really well known for, but it's bigger than that. It, it includes the town of Creswick and the town of Clunes and Trentham and Glen Lyon and a number of other small towns within the Shire. There's a large tourism industry, but there's also a significant agriculture industry. It has a population of around 15,000 people, There are a lot of very distinct areas within the Shire. There are a lot of tree changes, people moving from the city or from from interstate to some of the areas within the Shire, but then there are a lot of old families that have uh, been here for a long time and particularly families that have been farming the land for a long time. So there is a very broad spread of people within Shire. What's happened with the project for the past year? So a baseline was developed, that was the starting point, and that's been done by a number of specialists from the industry, probably most notably from Little Sketches, so Brendan Lim from Little Sketches, Adam Blakester from Starfish Initiatives, and uh, Damien Moisey from what was ATA but now Renew. They've developed up a baseline, which is mapping of the emissions within the Shire by using sort of local real-world data sets and saying, okay, well, this is how much power we use, and we know that from the network distributor. This is how much fuel we burn. This is how many cows we have, how many sheep we have, how much waste we send to landfill every year. And then using international and uh, national greenhouse accounting factors to say, okay, well, we have an emissions within the Shire that is this amount. What are the next steps, Dominic? You've got really fantastic baseline and an outline plan. What happens next? Projects. There are a number of projects underway. So there's the solar bulk buys, there's solar savers, which is programs where we purchase solar systems for pensioners. Electric vehicles going to be huge. So there's a lot of discussion around baseline load and saying that renewables have challenges because we need storage. And that is true. 
but that can be addressed by things like behaviour change and switching your load so that you heat your water through the day. And it can also be addressed by things like electric vehicles, which need storage on board to function, and they're at the point where they make financial sense in their own right. So to have electric vehicles and potentially use your car as a mobile storage device... That's, that's a really exciting space and that's probably the next step beyond just stationary energy. I think the most important thing that, that I've taken away from the ZNet project is that while it's great that we're looking to electricity and solar panels and wind farms and as challenging as that is, we're, we're making headway there but there is a much bigger and difficult problem on the horizon in terms of transport and agriculture and some of these other smaller sectors that you can't necessarily offset with technology like a solar panel. There are possible pathways there, but it's not a clear highway for how to achieve that. Yeah, absolutely not, and that's why the the discussion needs to start today. If you've just joined us, today's program covers the launch of Hepburn Shire's Zero Net Emissions Community Transition Plan. A person who was central to the genesis of ZNet Hepburn Shire is Taryn Lane. I began by asking her about the origins of the project and her connection to it. I manage Hepburn Wind, which is the community-owned wind farm just past Dalesford, and I've worked there for over nine years now, and we were built eight years ago. So I do that part-time, and it's been a long dream of many people in the local area that one day we would take what we did at Hepburn Wind, which was deliver the first 100% renewable or zero-net energy town in Australia for Dalesford, and scale that up. So take that across the Shire and also start to think about some of the trickier problems that no community in in Australia is really thinking about which is how do we get to carbon neutrality within timelines that we need to really achieve. Obviously BZE's done so much work on the ground around this and especially in how sectors can respond to, to where they need to get to but there's a real need for communities to start having plans and setting targets and realising I guess the amount of work that it's going to take and the long lead in time that it's going to take to start especially dealing with some of these other components such as transport industry waste and agriculture. I think the energy piece, we're starting to see it really be more achievable now than it was in the past. Um, We actually tried to get funding to do the master plan for about three years. And then finally, Sustainability Victoria came up with some funding for it. So very, very grateful to SV for taking a risk on us. And we, you know, really want to have it as as a model so all of the contents you know open source and freely available and we're just grateful that that someone would fund us to give it a crack. For me listening to that the takeaway is really while there's such enormous urgency in this area there also is a time component and you just Mm. need to be so persistent to push things over the line. Yeah absolutely and I mean you know the community and council level of activity here there's just so much desire for more and to get more we need to be more strategic. So having a plan really helps us to think more collaboratively and more strategically. So we have in this Shire five sustainability groups, which is huge for a Shire of 15,000 people, and Hepburn Wind. And then they've all got their own kind of activities that they're doing. So we we didn't want to reinvent the wheel. We wanted to say, let's have a collective brand, which is the ZNet Hepburn brand, and that's how we come together and we do things. So we're not trying to set up a new organisation. It's a collaboration. 
So the first part of preparing this ZNet report was doing the baseline. Can you give us a rough breakdown of where the emissions are across the Shire? Surprisingly, the transport component's really high. So energy and transport are almost equal. They're around about 30% each. And, you know, I think that really is an interesting insight when we think about the current statewide or federal level um, renewable energy targets that we've got because how they're being accounted for is they're being accounted for current electricity consumption plus population growth to say 2030. So they're looking at 50% targets by 2030. But the reality, which is what we found through the ZNet project, is as soon as you start accounting for the massive transition that transport's going to go through, those targets will not look like 50% by the time you reach 2030. No, because the electricity demand is going to be be so so much much higher. Exactly. So yeah, energy and transport is around about 30% each and then ag is huge. So agriculture is 40%. And the ag space, people kind of look at it like it's it's a really complex thing, but we do have a really strong regenerative agriculture movement, permaculture movement within this shire. There's a lot of opportunity there to have more pilot projects around carbon farming and climate smart agriculture. So we, we see it as we're in a good location to to start looking for how we find those solutions. You have a population, you said, of around 15,000 people. How do you get 15,000 people involved (laughs) in this kind of discussion to to get it to this point? What was your strategy on that? Yeah, so all of the sustainability groups in Hepburn, Wind and Hepburn Shire Council, we've all got reach out into the communities. So we really used all of the existing networks to get the word out. We wanted to test some of the energy use and kind of behaviour things that people do in their households so we you know we did a survey out and and got a a snapshot of 500 houses in the shire and we did a whole bunch of community forums where we tested ideas and we had technology postcards and we also didn't want to just make it about hey we're collecting data we wanted to go and we're offering solutions so we we rolled out the Hepburn bulk buy with the ZNet program as well so and that had a massive uptake so that gave people often a reason to come because they're interested in putting solar on their roofs it was really a huge support from from sustainability groups across the Shire and, and Hepburn Wind as well. Can you give us a general overview of the plan? Sure. So the the plan has three phases and and it's built over 10 years. So phase one is a three year. So we'll aim to finish by the end of 2021. We aim to reach the end of phase two by 2025 and then phase three by 2029 in time for the 2030 target of zero net emissions. And really phase one's about quick wins. It's about projects that are already happening. Like there's such a groundswell of activity happening. Hepburn wins in planning for three to four megawatt solar farm at the wind farm site, the bog buys, having audit programs and then starting to build education and awareness around the other aspects that are going to take a lot more lead time and a lot more piloting and planning for, so especially around agriculture. We also really looked into tourism because we have such a huge amount of tourists that come to our shire. So although it was out of scope for how we mapped the profile, we still did it and and have held that on the side going you know, we're not necessarily taking responsibility for these emissions, but they're sizable. So it's an additional 30% is tourism. And I think in terms of this being a lighthouse project, it's really significant that you're looking at that as well, because that would apply to a lot of different yeah, regions of, around Australia. Exactly. So it's significant, but there's also a lot of opportunity. So yeah, phase one is quick wins. And then phase two, we move into more significant mid-scale generation build-outs and piloting and planning for 
other more innovative projects around climate smart agriculture and and transport of that and then that final phase is really about ramping up those initiatives once they've been piloted and also integrating with other government programs and opportunities. All the discussion so far has been very upbeat. Mm. Have you met with any opposition? No, no, not any opposition, but there has been and I think, you know, very real concern about how are we going to positively interact with some of these bits that are a bit trickier. So agriculture, for instance. But as I said, we've got really a lot of leadership in around regenerative agriculture in our region. So we're well placed. And indeed, ZNet Hepburn seems very well placed for the successful implementation of their plan. I was also curious to investigate the role of an organisation with the intriguing name of Little Sketches. I spoke to owner and founder... Brendan Lim. My previous involvement in, in both ZNet and in my career was as a sustainability consultant, so doing a lot of data modelling, energy and climate change modelling, and working on these sort of transition plans and strategies. And I've shifted more to design and communication, interaction design. What caused that shift for you, Brendan? Uh, uh, for me, it was, I guess, a frustration of doing a lot of research modelling strategic planning in a consulting environment that ended up being just shelfwares. So it was just being a report that was great for that time, but just people didn't engage with it and it just ended up being just sort of frustrating that a lot of work that you put in the last mile of just communicating that and getting to engage with people well, it was just not really happening a lot of my interest became around the data visualization how you communicate data stories and how you communicate that at a level that ordinary punters can both understand and also you know, dig deeper into so not just simplifying things explaining things with clarity so you were involved in the original ZNet? Yeah, I was involved. So the Moreland Energy Foundation was the lead consultant in that case, and I had worked with them in the past. I was, um, in my capacity as Little Sketches, a sub-consultant or a partner in that project, doing similar stuff. So everything from the, the modelling and working out the options and the, the economics part of it to then doing things like sketches and drawings and interactive visualisations and things like the cost curve that are in, in the report. So those things that are, are there for to take the numbers and, and make it more communicable or understandable. That's such a critical component of the next phase of of this project, isn't it? All the groundwork's been done and then how do you actually get that across to people and get it happening? Yeah, absolutely. This is just a starting point for the community to take hold of the project and the plan and go forward. So it's a really small bit that we do to legitimise that there is a pathway forwards and that to get people on board. But I'm quite proud to hand it over to the community to actually implement this and I hope there's the support there from everyone within the community and also from the state government and local government. Brendan's artwork and graphics make the report a very appealing, engaging and informative document. So how do members of the Hepburn Shire community feel about a 10-year transition to zero emissions? Well, I was fortunate to chat to some of the local residents at the launch. I first cornered Jace, a recent high school graduate. So Jace, what's your interest in the ZNet program? I've been a resident of Trentham for seven years now, I think, and it's just really great to see such a great step forward within the local community, uh, tackling climate change on the local level rather than relying on the state government. So why do you think it's important? I think it's very important to have zero net emissions by 2029 uh, in order to stop climate change at the grassroots level, which is the local community. Another Trentham resident, Deborah Ryan, has had a long history working on sustainable housing and is currently developing an eco-village in Trentham. Deborah, what's your involvement been with the ZNet initiative? Okay, initially we went to community meetings where they discussed the idea of the ZNet and my husband and I volunteered to be part of the program going forward. My husband participated as one of the seven community members. Actually, your son Jace dogged you in to talk about a great idea that you have about transport. Transport is a huge component of the emissions generation and 
the 40% of it is actually used on a local level. Okay, so 40% of the emissions due to transport is just from transport just around the local area. Yeah, that's not necessarily come out from the report, but something I've read elsewhere. So it's inspired me to investigate how we could introduce NEVs, neighbourhood electric vehicles, for Trentham. We already have a golf course in town and we could well, in the current laws, use golf buggies as long as we were going to the golf course and back for the purposes of using using it for a golf purposes. So there is no reason why Trentham can't be used as a, a simple model to see how this might work for other regional towns. We'd love to explore that a bit more in this conversation with council and the state government and to see how we can make this work. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea because I read in the report that one of the approaches for transport emissions is to improve active transport and really encourage that in the area. But I guess that has limitation when you have luggage or if you have somebody with mobility issues or if the weather's really inclement. So this idea of the neighbourhood electric vehicles sounds like that would address some of those issues. Absolutely. And the other thing that's really exciting is it starts to get people into the conversation of using electric cars. At the moment, they seem to be quite expensive for most people, whereas the little cars can be somewhere between ten and 15000 which which becomes quite affordable for them. And we can start to see how infrastructure can be put within the town and built up to start off maybe with NEVs and then expand further for more electric vehicles as we progress and take the next steps. And finally, some words of wisdom from Hepburn Shire resident Laurel Freeland, who's an educator and social ecologist. And I'm just so excited to see what's happened here. So one of the things I'm working on at the moment is an eldership program because after speaking with the children who were striking, one of the things that they said to me was they were scared. They know things are wrong. They know they need to do something. They're taking the only action that they know how to do and they are collaborating. I'm thinking, those guys have got it. They've got it. We need to be listening to them. And so, so what is an eldership program? Well, so an, an eldership program is recognising that there is wisdom from people who's been around for a while, who's seen a history of how things have changed but also what's possible, and to really encourage young people. And I think one of the things that's been missing in society generally is people stepping into their eldership role. So really to support all people with how we want to create a new world. But we don't want to have revolution. We need to have really rapid evolution by working collaboratively on the issues that are really important to us. And how do you use the best leverage you can within the context that you're in to affect change. And that's just a taste of the passion and ideas in the Hepburn Shire community. If you're interested in leveraging the passion and the resources that are out there, um, have a look at Hepburn Shire's Zero Net Emissions Transition Plan. To find it, Google ZNet Hepburn and you'll find access to reports, plans, Brendan's fantastic interactive graphics and resources for ZNet Blueprints. Thanks again to all the collaborators of ZNet Hepburn Shire who graciously agreed to interviews for this program. The Beyond Zero show is brought to you by the climate change solutions think tank Beyond Zero Emissions and is recorded in the studios of 3CR Melbourne and syndicated around Australia on the community radio network. Previous episodes of the show are available on iTunes and Stitcher. If you enjoy the program and can donate to help cover airtime costs and keep us on air, please go to the BZE website and click on the donate button. Thanks for listening and we look forward to you joining us again next week.
Beyond Zero Emissions is an internationally recognised climate solutions think tank that is focused on solutions, not problems. Become part of the solution by becoming a monthly base load supporter. Go to www.bze.org.au to find out more. bze.org.au You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.